Welcome to Tori Studio, the podcast. I'm your host, Tori Hill. I'm a nature lover, skinny dipper, traveler, and proud creator of the Rinse and Repeat Wellness Program. Empowering others to break free and step into their own dreams is what lights me up. Through my personal experience with anxiety and unworthiness, I know firsthand what is required for true self-growth, and I'm here to spill all of it to you. Whether your vision is to feel more peace in your life, identify your dreams, or take action towards them, this podcast is for you. Now is all we have, so let's get started. Okay, here we go. I have to be so honest with you right now. I am having the hardest time recording this introduction because I'm freaking out in my seat. I'm having a fangirl moment. I've recorded this like 10 times and I just can't seem to say what I want to say because I'm so excited. Like I might pee my freaking pants. Because in this episode, this guest episode, I got to interview Emily Clark, who is a spiritual guide and anxiety coach. And her podcast quite literally changed my life. I found her podcast when I was at my lowest point in 2018. And I developed a habit by listening to her podcast every morning during my morning commute. And that small daily practice turned into a habit, which led to all the other habits that changed my life. And these are the habits that I now teach to others and they change other people's lives. And listening to Emily's podcast was the first step to all of that. So I really hope that um, you tune in closely with this one. Emily is an expert in the anxiety world, and you are about to be hit with inspiration on her refreshing take on how to work through and cope with and live with anxiety. So grab a pen and paper and prepare yourself. Oh my goodness. Okay, we're recording. This is a big episode. I'm freaking out, having a fangirl moment because we have Emily freaking Clark in the house. So excited. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thank you, sister. <laughs> um, so I told Emily this before I hit record. I have to give the backstory on how I stumbled upon Emily. Okay. And this is one of the, like, the biggest full circle moment in my wellness business so far. This is a big freaking deal, everyone. Oh my God. Okay. So in 2018, I hit my breaking point. I had just come home from uh, seeing a new counselor and like, it was our first appointment and right off the bat, less than a half hour in, she diagnoses me with OCD, something I'd never been diagnosed with before. And she immediately, um, 
her approach and delivery was not really on point. And um, she told me immediately that I should go on medication. And um, it just was a lot. It hit me like a ton of bricks and it was a lot to process. So I go home that night and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I am doomed. I'm like, I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. I guess medication's my only route. And by the way, this isn't medical advice and I'm not bashing on medication at all. It just didn't feel like the right path for me. And I felt that in my body and I was confused because a professional was kind of presenting it as the only option. And so I'm like crying on my couch, my hands are in my face and I'm like, okay, like, let's try and figure something out. What do we do right now, Tori? And the first thing that came to mind, Emily, was find an anxiety podcast. Like people are talking about podcasts so much lately. Look up anxiety, see if you can find one. And when I found yours, Emily, it said, love your anxiety. And I'm like, oh my God, there's someone out there. Like there's someone out there who gets it, who wants to approach anxiety in the way that I really want to. And when I listened to your first episode, well, let's be real. I binged like the first five (laughs) and I um, just started sobbing because I felt like there was another way for me. And, um, that's really where my first healthy habit began. I decided to listen to your podcast every single morning going to work. And that led to other healthy habits And then fast forward to 2020, I am hit with the idea to create my own wellness program based off of the habits that I formed. And that really changed my life, but you kickstarted it, Emily. And this is going to blow your mind even more. I was listening to your first episode in preparation for this. And just to get into the feeling of where I was at in 2018 and in you were describing how your anxiety used to be and you said rinse and repeat which is the name of my fucking business and it was yeah Yeah. and I started crying I was walking my dog and when I heard that I'm like holy shit (laughs) so full circle moment welcome to my podcast I am so honored to have you here. Thank you for your time. And I can't wait to dive into everything that we're about to dive into. Wow. Holy shit, Tori. That is like my cheeks already hurt. I am just blown away by your tenacity and just you listening to your intuition. And um, for that moment, for you to realize that I said something that now, you know, three years later, you're like, oh my God, like everything is so divinely guided for us. Even if in the moment we don't understand how or why for you right. to connect those two things, like, fuck yeah, sister, you're a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it really made me think about my former self and I'm like, oh my God, you did it Tor. Like you, you followed your intuition and look what it has led to and it started with you and I oh my gosh okay so I don't want to like talk too much about me because I want everyone in my community to learn about you and I really just want to kick off our time together by asking you like do you mind sharing your story like how did you get to this version of you and I know that's a loaded question so if you want to revolve it around anxiety you can do that 
Absolutely. First, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Like what a fucking rad time in history that we can connect this way and that this is our truth. Like what? So beautiful. Thank you. I'm super excited to jam with you. Um, yeah. So in a nutshell, I was suffering really, really badly from anxiety. I was like almost fainting in public on my podcast. I talk about anxiety on like a one to 10 scale, 10 being the worst. My anxiety was like a 9.5 daily for years. And I didn't understand what was quote unquote wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I had done everything that I w- knew to be true. That would make me happy. I loved my job. I had a great career married someone who could take care of me financially. We had everything that you wanted from the outside, white picket fence, nice neighborhood, the dogs, the nice cars, like from the outside, you're like, oh dude, there's no way they can't be happy. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, I was like dying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought that this was adulthood and somehow I just like wasn't managing it properly like everyone else on the planet seemed to be doing. And, um, I went to therapy a couple of times cause I, you know, that's what you, you go to therapy and therapy has its place for sure, mm-hmm. but therapy did not work for me. And that's when I hit my rock bottom. I was like, oh shit. If, if therapy isn't fixing me, what's wrong with me. Right. And so I reached for the most unlikely place, uh, which was spirituality And one of my favorite books that I will rave about forever is called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. And in the book, she says, it will not leave you until you love it. And I was like, how can I love my anxiety? Mm -hmm. And so I started that path of trying to love my anxiety and see it as a lesson instead of something that was bad. And um, it worked for me. And then I was like, holy shit, I need to like tell other people how to do this. So like quit my job, sold my house, broke up with the person I was dating. And, uh, three years later, this is what we do. We actually just welcomed our 100th student into my program. So, wow, um, yeah, it's been, it's been exciting over the last couple of years. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, Emily. That's huge. And would you ever expect like looking back when you were like in the storm of anxiety, could you ever imagine your life now? No, God, no. Oh my God. (laughs) And to your point, you know, following your intuition and what life can be like, there are, there are leading factors. There are, there's, you know, I think I heard someone say that God will always narrow universe angels, whatever you believe in, same Mm -hmm. thing the path will always be narrowed down to what you need to look at, you know, whether it be painful or not. And looking back, I was just getting really clear on what I didn't like and how my life was and how I didn't want it to be Mm -hmm. so that now I can build my life in a way that is so intuitively led and divine. And it's just rad. Like that intuition that we all have, especially women, Mm -hmm. it's in there for a reason, dude. And Oh my God, as we're recording this at the end of 2021, and it's even more important that you listen to that intuition. Yes, I totally agree. That Yoni intuition. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, I've never heard it said like that before. I freaking love it. (laughs) I just made it up. You inspired me. Check in with the Yoni before I make any decision. I need to check in with my Yoni. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. I have two questions. The first one is, I know some people are thrown off by the term spirituality. Um, do you mind defining it and like, how do you perceive it and experience it? Yeah, I believe spirituality is an energy. It's an essence. 
I believe it is the shared connection between whatever creates all of this and us. So whether you mm-hmm. identify that as God or the universe or source or angels or consciousness, it's all the same energy. And mm-hmm. I believe that spirituality is that connection that we have not only with our spirit and our essence, but also from, you know, source, angels, God, universe, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's beautiful is everyone gets to have their own definition of spirituality, but that's the one that really, you know, connects yeah. me with mine. That reminds me of a book I'm reading. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Quantum Warrior by John Kehoe, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Oh my goodness. It is amazing. And there's a mantra. There are four mantras that he really wants you to practice and connect with. And one of them is the consciousness that created the universe dwells within us. And what you just said really made me think like that really resonates a lot. Yes. Oh, that resonates. Absolutely. I love how you said that. Totally. And then the second question that I really, I was thinking about this podcast. I'm like, oh my God, don't forget to ask this story. So I know you described like you were at a 9.5 daily on a scale one to 10, your anxiety being at a 9.5. And now you don't experience, like you just like, and I just want to dive into that. Some people might be like, what do you mean, Emily? Like, how do you not experience anxiety? Like, isn't that part of life? So I just want, like, like, can you expand on that a little bit? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, I, you know, just to make it a little bit more tangible, because sometimes it's hard to make emotions and energy tangible in the, in the human way that we like to, you know, put things in boxes. And so right. that's the whole one out of 10 thing, 10 being the worst. And yeah, I was a 9.5 daily for years and now I'm like a 0.00001. And Mm -hmm. what I like to mention a lot is that it's not that I don't live without anxiety anymore. It's that my relationship is completely different, like a 360 difference where before I used to really hate and fear my anxiety and resent it. Now I'm like, oh, if you show up, okay, okay. Just a lesson. I just need to know why you're here. It's kind of like a It's like an internal uh, uh, indicator that something is off. And so I very much see my anxiety as like a teacher now instead of like the devil or, you know, a monster. Yeah. And so through what I learned through my own journey and what I now teach inside my program, it's very much learning to learn from it and living alongside it in a very harmonious way. And in fact, even letting it be a good thing in your life because it will tell you when you're way off base, when you're listening to your ego or when you're not listening to your intuition, which was a big lesson for me in the beginning. Um, So it's not that I don't ever feel anxious. It's just, as soon as I feel it, I hop right into my tools and I don't let it control me anymore. I'm in control because I can flip the conversation and, and lean on my tools that way. So it's more like you live alongside it in harmony because if you were void of anxiety, uh, you might be a sociopath because it's a normal human emotion. <laughs> like it is there to protect you. And I, there are studies that show that if you don't have enough anxiety, you're more likely to die earlier because yeah. you don't have those like, um, not careful, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, you froze. A l- okay. You're back. You're back. Um, there yeah. You're- yeah. Okay. I love that. And when you were saying that, I kind of 
thought about this is how I think of it. The way you described it is like, I'm such a visual person. So I pictured like when you're experiencing anxiety and your relationship with it is not trained or not understood. It's like, you're on this gigantic compass and the, the arrows like spinning and you're on the arrow just going in circles. And it sounds like you're like holding the compass now. And you're like, Hey, you're here to guide me and direct me, but I'm going to hold you and make the next move. Yes. Beautiful visual. I love that. I've never heard it explained that way, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you said, um, you, you're using a term called the ego and my community has heard me drop it a little bit, but I'd really love to hear how you define the ego. So the ego is neutral. It's neither good or bad, but it does show up as a form of fear. Like, um, in a lot of the textbooks that I've read, it's, you know, it's the protector. It's the one that keeps you safe. It's the one that says, you know, it's the one that says, Oh, maybe he's cheating on you or, Oh, make sure you like lock your doors before, you know, you start driving. Um, or, oh gosh, what do they think of you? So typically it shows up in a form of fear. Um, my ego never shows up in the form of love. And so when I say ego, it's that little voice inside of your head that's kind of the inner critic or yeah. the part of you that's ashamed. Um, sometimes it's attached to the inner child. Uh, so when I mention ego, it's kind of like the devil on your shoulders. There's like, your soul is like, on the angel on your shoulders and then like the ego is the devil on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say the angel is like, how would you like, is it the intuition? What would your, what would you say? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's the best. It's one of the best guidance tools ever is your intuition. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like want to ask you so many questions about intuition right now, but I want to give the ego like it's spotlight, which it loves. We all know. Of course, of course, the ego wants its own spotlight. Oh my God. <laughs> so how do you think the ego is the voice of anxiety? Like how do those two things interact? Like, do you think anxiety is like the physical symptom and that's triggered by the ego or how do you, how do those things interact in your opinion? Good question. I think that the ego like I said, I think the ego is pretty neutral. It depends how you look at it. In the beginning of your healing journey, you might look at the ego as this big, bad thing. Yeah. Um, I've been doing this for a couple of years. So now I really try not to label it good or bad because there's energy and force attached to that. Mm-hmm. But is the ego like showing, is anxiety like the manifestation of the ego? Without the ego, anxiety would not exist for sure. But I think that depending on where in your healing journey you are, the ego is just the informer and the anxiety would be the outcome of wherever you are in your spiritual journey. Like right now, I, I'm typically not bothered by my ego, yeah. but you know, four years ago I was like, oh shit. Oh my God. Here it goes again. Like, oh my God. <laughs> so okay. yeah. Okay. And then I know like the more I started learning and reading about the ego, the more terms popped up like inner critic and inner child and all of these things are really similar and intertwined. And I just want to know, what do you personally think? Do you think that the ego, like it's all just kind of the same thing or do you differentiate it at all? 
So I, I've done some programs where they do make them very distinctly different. Like, okay, like if there's, you know, if there's a table and there's a whole bunch of different parts of you sitting at the table speaking, can you identify them? So for example, one person sitting at the table or one voice at the table is your ego. Another is your inner critic. Another is your inner child and your heart. And, um, uh, what was the other one? Inner critic shadow. Oh, shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, being able to identify which one is speaking and which one you're listening to and which one is triggering you. I have done programs where that is how they really help you identify how to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there's two, there's only two emotions. There's love or fear. So mm-hmm. where is the fear coming from? Typically it's going to be coming from the ego, from the inner critic, from the shadow, maybe a little bit the inner child, but never your heart. Your heart is always positive and trusting and yeah. forward leading. So. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh. Oh, I want to ask you so many things. So <laughs> you said that like, it it boils down to two things, which I, I know this because I've listened to so many of your episodes, but for some people who, who are listening to this, who may not know, I know you always say that anxiety boils down to two things. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not lovable or I'm not safe. Is that? Yeah, I'm not enough. I'm not lovable is kind of the same. And yeah. then I'm not safe. Those are the yeah. two big, big ones. Yeah. So would you say that, like, I wonder if the inner child, like, what would you say boils down for I'm not lovable, I'm not enough? Would that be the ego too? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like the, the, the I'm not enough or the I'm not safe can come from any part of your personality it can come from the inner child it can come from the ego. Um, it's just, it's just a fear and insecurity that you're not enough or that you're not safe. And it's just you believing in that fear or being enrolled into that fear very strongly and you not knowing how to unenroll yourself and enroll yourself into something that does actually feel good. Like in your body, you're like, Oh God. Yeah. Right. Be okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's where I got stuck, Emily. Like I would have these ego based thoughts and I would be fearful and I would believe them. And then they just take me for a wild ride. So when I started listening to your podcast and asking why, 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 like, Tori, why are you anxious? Okay. Why, why, why? It would boil down to like, I'm not livable. I'm not enough, or I'm not safe. And it really gave so much clarity. And I'm wondering, so like, you said that you still like the ego comes up as it does for all of us. So like, what does that relationship look like for you now with it? How do you interact with the ego? If you don't mind. Now that relationship, I know. Of course. No, no, of course. Now that relationship with me looks like actually spending a lot more time uh, tending to my ego because I'm human and there is no part of us that can avoid the ego that actually the ego is like the human part of us, like in higher realms and different dimensions and whatever, say heaven or wherever consciousness comes from, there is no ego. Only the human being experiences the ego. Um, And so now what it looks like with me and my ego, it's if when I hear it, it's kind of like a, it'll go two ways. Either I'm like, oh no, that's an intrusive thought. Just let it go and move on with my day. Or it's like, 
oh, bitch, we need to sit down. We need to journal. Like we need to get this energy out of us, understand what stories are running the show right now or what's blocking me from not being able to be like, oh, that's an intrusive thought. Let it go. So it can be either or. Thankfully, I spend more time just identifying my ego as like an intrusive thought. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's days where I have to spend like all day with my ego and we are journaling 10 pages and spa music is on and I'm crying and doing the healing work, you know? (laughs) If you don't see me on Instagram, I'm either like bawling my eyes out (laughs) or I am having like just such a good time that I can't be bothered to be on social media, but. Oh my God, I love it. So (laughs) How do you distinguish between like, okay, I don't really tolerate that thought versus, oh, this is something I need to look at. I, because personally, sometimes I have a thought I'm like, crap, I don't want that there. It doesn't feel good in my body. And it's, I'm still learning how to navigate that. Like, what do I do with this now? Like, do I say like, you should have no power or do I give it some love. So do you mind sharing how you work through those? Good question. Yeah, girl, you got some wicked questions. Oh my God. (laughs) So the way that I move through that now is there are going to be things I know in my life that are intrusive thoughts that are not in alignment with me and are not in alignment with my, like if I could go through in the beginning of the day and pick and look at all the thoughts and delete the ones that I knew weren't in alignment with me, that would be fucking great, but we can't do that as human beings. And so literally we are editing as we move through our day. Mm. And so uh, there are going to be thoughts that you get that you just know, you're like, whoa, that was out of left field, like whoop, like intrusive thought, letting that go. But if one thought continues to come up for me, that's when I know to do the deeper work on it because it is, you know, what you resist persists and that energy is still coming up to be healed. And I need to feel it no matter how uncomfortable it is. Mm -hmm. So that's when I will sit down and do the work with it. Mm -hmm. Now, after that, if I'm, if I've done the healing work on that and it's still coming up, I will go in once again and see if there's something that I didn't go deep enough with. But mm-hmm. after that, I call it an intrusive thought. I'm like, fuck, we've already done the work on this. Like leave me alone. I always, I just think about the thought coming in one ear, going over my brain and out the other ear. And mm-hmm. I will visualize that when I get an intrusive thought, um, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. It's like, I get a, a thought and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not thinking about that anymore. Intrusive thought, let it go. And then I move on. Yeah. Oh, but I think it's I think it's important to do the, to do the work. Otherwise we're just avoiding. So once I do the work and I really think that I've done the work, then I'm like, I, this just needs to neutralize. And so the more that I can just let it go as fast as possible, the easier it will be. Yeah. I love that. I, that really resonates because sometimes things come up and I'm like, wait, I thought we really dove into that in a big way. And how I think of it is like, okay, well, my brain is like catching up, like the neural like pathways are still there. And I just need to like, not fuel the fire. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so there might be some people listening right now thinking like, okay, well, they're different. Like Emily's different than me. Tori's different than me. I'm, I've got things that are too scary to think about and to sit with. Like, is there any advice that you would tell someone who's just like, I can't go there. It's too scary. Like it, it's a huge trigger. And I think that that is, you know, if that's what you're feeling right now, that's really good for you to know about yourself. I don't think that that's a bad thing. 
And that is where I would go in and ask for help. So find a mentor, find a coach, get a counselor, whoever really resonates with you mm-hmm. um, and ask for their help because especially someone who's been down the path that you already want to go down. Like, I really believe there's nobody more experienced to help you than someone who's already done what you want to do. And so float around on Instagram, find some coaches, find counselors that you listen to some of their free content and go, okay, yeah, yeah. Like I really, I I land with them. Like I resonate. So I want to, you know, ask them for their help because I respect them. Mm -hmm. Um, Ask for help. Like you do not have to do this work alone. And I did not do this work alone. Oh my gosh. I had business coaches and I had mentors and I had spiritual um, counselors to help me. And I think that hiring help is one of the best decisions that you can make because it collapses time and it makes shit so much easier. Let's be honest. If you're already in the situation where your emotions are too hard for you to, to work through on your own, like let's fucking go. Like, why are you spending any more time suffering when it can be easy it can be simple someone can hold your hand mm-hmm. um because it's important that you feel safe it's important that you feel safe in your healing journey especially if your core essence is feminine if your yeah. core essence is feminine feeling safe is a pre-requirement for you feeling good so yeah. if you don't feel safe feeling your feelings or you don't feel safe in your body ask for help mm-hmm. mm, thank you for saying that and I wonder, do you mind sharing if you have ever had a moment of like, I know that this resource or like support would be helpful, but I'm scared of spending the money or scared of like investing my time. I don't have time. I'm a parent. I've got a full-time job. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you're like, oh, fuck, should I really do this? Um, I know it would change my life, but like, God, that's a huge leap. How do, yep. how do you navigate that? Definitely. Like <laughs> over the last like three or four years, I've probably spent $65,000 on like mentoring and coaching. Um, I mean, cause I believe in the industry so much and I love leading with integrity. I, you know, and so if you, I have definitely been in spots, one where I could not afford coach coaching. I remember, um, I had quit my job before I started my business and I had no idea how I was going to make money. I had no idea how I was going to pay my business coach. And it was a couple of scary months where I was like, Oh my God, like I've got to sell a Louis Vuitton purse, or I've got to sell my table or the couch has to go, or what can I sell in my house to pay for coaching? Because I did believe in myself and I did believe that I could do it if I just got the money and the funds to do it. Yeah. And that's what I suggest to people. I'm like, dude, sell shit. Like your car is not worth your happiness. You can buy another car, but you can never have today back and sell, like sell your shit because there is value in them. It's just, if you value them more than you value yourself, that's healing in and of itself. Your couch is not more valuable than you are. You can sit on the ground. Uh, you know, it's, it's not comfortable, but you can take the bus or maybe it is comfortable for some people. I liked taking the bus because you got to listen to music. I did. Anyways, I listen to music when I go on the bus and stuff, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a value system. If you are putting other things before yourself, it's because you value that more than you value feeling good, being on your healing journey, making it easier for yourself. 
And I'm proud that I had to sell shit to make my dreams come true and to fuel and fund my healing because I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. I sold my fucking house. Like, let's go, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I mean, business, like I will do whatever it takes. Maybe I'm a little savage that way, <laughs> but like, it's not a question to me. If I want to get something done, I'm going to have to do the work to do it because if it were easy, everybody would do it. And I remember once I wanted to do um, like a, I wanted help with binge eating at the time. And I remember finding someone who I loved, wanting to sign, watching their webinars and going, yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. She, she gets me, she gets me. Like, I'm not alone. Like, oh, finally. And it wasn't even a big opt-in, but my, my ego, my inner critic, my shadow were stopping me. And it's not like I didn't have the money at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, I know that this is the right move for me. I have the money for it. What is stopping me? And when I sat down in meditation and I did the journaling, it actually came up to a worthiness energy. And mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was worth the risk should it not pan out. And that was the first time that I had ever had that internal dialogue with myself. And mm-hmm. I just broke down and I started crying and I was like, oh my God, how long has this belief been living inside of me and poisoning all of these different areas in my life? Wow. And after that, I signed up because I was like, oh, fuck, I'm worth it. I will bet on me all day long. And oh. uh, yeah, man, it's beautiful doing this work. I love that. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Damn. I'll sell my house. I will never forget you <laughs> saying that. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I actually listened to that podcast episode where it was like the feminine one. Um, yeah, I loved that one. And you kind of explained your process in detail. It was really, really cool to listen to. Um, and so you talk a lot about journaling. Is this something that you do every day? Like, are there some daily practices that are like, I need these in my life. They keep me aligned. Um, and if so, what are they and how do you stay committed? Oof. Well, let's address the commitment. You are the commitment. If, you know, I read a book called, um, oh God, what's the book called? It's by Debbie Ford. It's called, oh no, I'll have to text it to you after. It's something about commitment, underlining commitment. Anyways, uh, in the book, she talks about um, how we have all these goals as human beings and we have these things that we want to achieve, but somehow we're just not getting them. Like I want to quit smoking or I want to make more money or I want to lose weight or those are by the way, the top three every single New Year's. And like, why can't we? Why can't we make more money? Why can't we stop smoking? Why can't we lose weight? And whenever we do this kind of healing work, when we start to open up our feelings and our inner dialogue and actually ask ourselves what is stopping us from achieving what we want to achieve, it's because of underlining commitments. Um, I didn't realize that when I wanted to lose weight and work out, I actually had a deep commitment to feeling comfortable. (laughs) And I, so in the mornings, I just wanted to wear my jammies and watch TV and have breakfast. I didn't want to get up and throw on my workout pants and go for a run in the rain. No, So I had to understand that I had a deep level of commitment to feeling good in the moment that you could see how that would actually block you from achieving your goals. If sometimes you just got to suck it up and okay, run in the rain and whatever. Right. So 
when we talk about commitment, it's super important that we understand why we're being motivated, why we're committing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Is the commitment to be a more peaceful human? Is the commitment to spend more time with God, universe, source, angels, consciousness? Is the commitment to lead a lifestyle where you have lower cortisol? Like whatever the goal is, that needs to be made really, really clear. And I find this with my students sometimes if they don't have a clear commitment on why they're meditating or why they're journaling every day, it's just too easy to be passive about it. So mm-hmm. for me, the commitment is always, oh, because I lead this lifestyle where I help other people heal, it is so important that I am operating at my optimum level, meaning I am full, like my energy is good. I feel good. I'm happy. I feel loved. I feel supported. I feel energized. I'm excited to give. I'm excited to hold space for people. And when you're a service provider like that, it is literally your number one job to take care of you because if you're not there, we can't play ball. So for me, the commitment is to be operating like I'm an, uh, like I'm a fucking athlete. I don't look like it, but <laughs> mentally I am like a, a Super Bowl <laughs> champion, Michael Jordan top yeah. person. Like I, I have to operate that way. Otherwise I can't give to my students. I can't do that. So for me, the commitment is just be like, like being my best version. And sometimes that's a lot of pressure. So I try to give myself days off, but, um, but yeah, that's the commitment for me is that I am the one holding the container. Therefore my container needs to be tight and right. So Mm -hmm. that's me every morning when I'm journaling and meditating and working out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a couple of non-negotiables for me is creating a lifestyle where I can stop down at any point and do this work. If I feel like I need to pull over in my day and journal, I want to make sure that I have that time freedom. Um, That's why I don't do a lot of one-on-one work anymore because it does take up a lot of that freedom and I'm committed to that freedom. Mm -hmm. So uh, first and foremost, creating that lifestyle for myself. Um, And then some non-negotiables for me are like meditation. I have to spend time connecting to my higher self, to God Mm -hmm. and when I say God, I don't, I don't mean God in the traditional, like religious sense. For me, God is like the divine masculine energy. So when I'm asking for things, when I'm asking for protection or for whatever connection for me, I just think like divine masculine energy and I'm the divine feminine energy. So Uh that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I say God, not that there's anything wrong with however anyone else perceives God, but that's just my way. Yeah. And yeah. So meditating, um, I don't journal, like there are going to be days, like I try to go with the flow. There's going to be days where sometimes you're up early and you just got to get, get the ball rolling. Like sometimes my husband and I'll just, you know, we have to be up at 6am because we have to go do something. And in those times, if I meditate in the car, sure. If I don't, I don't blame myself and I'll get upset, but most of the things that I do, I will do, you know, five days a week. And yeah. so that looks like meditating, journaling, working out, even if it's just like a half an hour workout on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, and, um, mm, and eating well, like eating healthy food, like yeah. don't get me wrong. I love McDonald's, but it's, it's better energy for me to be eating salads from my neighbor's yeah. garden. So yeah. yeah, that's what I yes. do. That was a Um, long answer. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. I love having a little insight on like 
your practices. Um, I think it's important for people to hear what works for other people because it could inspire them like, Ooh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I should try it out. And it's really just a trial and error until you find out what like makes you feel the best. Yeah. I like to like cherry pick. That's why I'm such a curious cat. I like to ask people questions all the time and then I'll just like cherry pick what works for me. And I think that that's like one of the best things we can all do for ourselves. Like everyone's living their truth. Everyone's living their authenticity and whatever works for you works for you. Mm -hmm. Enough said, you know, you do you boo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, have you ever had a time where there where your strong self-care practice has like rubbed someone else the wrong way like is there has there ever been a time where you have felt like someone is judging you for spending so much time on yourself because I think especially women um we can sometimes feel like we should be giving more to others than ourselves Yeah. And that right there is such a societal belief and it's such fucking bullshit. Oh my God. And the amount of unlearning that you, that you do do in this healing type of work is incredible and it's remarkable. And, um, I actually don't give a shit what other people think of my self-care. Like if someone wants to judge me for meditating every morning for 20 minutes or for, for journaling or for reading an hour a day, sometimes I get to do, Mm -hmm. uh, I really don't give a flying fuck. I mean, that's, that's on you, man. Like (laughs) clearly it makes you uncomfortable for you to see me in my divinity and in my power. So Mm -hmm. that says nothing about me. It says everything about that person. And I bless them. Yeah. I I I remember seeing people take good care of themselves and I just thought, Oh my God, like why, why bother? Like, why are they so special? That's Mm -hmm. old, old egotistical stories that obviously I needed to get over, you know, even just when I'm talking about being worthy of signing up for a program, Mm -hmm. those are the old stories that I used to believe, you know, well, why should you have to pay someone for that? Mm -hmm. Old ways, person who grows and who heals gets over that and moves through it. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much because you wish them well and you have no capacity to take any of that energy in. I love that. Mm-mm. And I'm not perfect. Look, there's still shit that really irks me, but you know, that's my own healing journey. And I think yeah. one of the best things, especially right now is to not only give yourself permission to live in your truth and your authenticity, and also to give other people that space as well. We're going through such a massive transition right now in consciousness and mm-hmm. uh, it's actually very egotistical and very narcissistic for us to think that every other human being on the planet should have the exact same experience as us. Mm. I really truly believe that the consciousness up level that we're being called to right now is to not judge each other and to give each other permission to do what feels good to them and to extend that to ourselves as well. Like what if nobody judged throughout this time in history? Like it would be over. It would be done. Like we would be moving on. (laughs) And yet we've been in the shit for almost two years. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. I love that just giving people the grace and not that they need your permission, but give yourself the freedom to not worry about other people's path. Yeah. Like how free that actually feels really good in my body. I'm like, why do I care that that person did that or lives their life that way? That's not 
exactly. It has nothing to do with me. I know. And I used to get so triggered. Like I like quiet. I've lived on busy streets before and I really, really prefer quiet. And I remember when I lived in the city, we would drive down cities that were, the streets were so busy. Like they're almost highways. They're so busy. And there's like houses like lined up, like, you know, right down the road. And I just remember shaking my head going, I would never live here. Like you could not pay me enough to live here. And, you know, through doing this work, I realized now that when those thoughts come in, they're just, you know, they're intrusive now. And, you know, maybe the noise doesn't bother that person. So they bought that house on that busy street. Good for them. I'm fucking happy for them, but I could never do that, you know, but it's giving them permission to do them and yourself permission to do you. Oh, I love that. I think I needed to hear that, Emily, because sometimes I'm like, then in my head, sometimes I look at like family members or friends. I'm like, you know, life doesn't have to be so hard if only they would do this. And that is egotistical. (laughs) Oh my God. But it's natural, right? It's just the human experience. And then when you actually get to have these conversations, you can free yourself of that tension and that pressure. No. Yeah. That feels like really light in my body to be like, like, like you say, like you do you boo. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well I could literally pick your brain all night long, but I won't. I know that your time is the most valuable thing that you have. So I want to ask, are you ready to dive into the fleeting eight where I ask you eight questions and after each one, you give me your first answer. Fuck yes. Also, please don't think that you're taking up time. Like I love spending time with you and this is the most important place that I could be in right now. So let that thought go. Let that thought go. Let's have fun. Okay. I'm melting with that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Emily, where is your favorite place in nature? Water anywhere where there's water. Like I love the ocean. I lived in the lower mainland in Vancouver um, and, uh, I love the ocean. Like that was like my spot, especially yeah. white rock white Rock beach. If anyone knows where that is, that's my jam. I used to walk there every morning with a, with a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you're talking about British Columbia, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I've, um, Jake and I lived in Portland, Oregon for a while and we're from Vermont. So when we moved back home, we went up like, and we hit the San Juan islands off of Washington. And then we went up into British Columbia and I want to go back to Vancouver and hit like the islands and explore more. It is fucking gorgeous where you are. Like I couldn't believe it. My jaw was dropped the whole drive through British Columbia. That's really so I special. totally get like your answer with water makes perfect sense. Cause I've seen it and like, holy fuck, this is heaven on earth. Well, now, now we move, we've moved a couple of hours away from there. So we live in the middle of the forest. Like literally we live in the middle of the forest. So I still try to make time to find water wherever we live. We have some really cool lakes and emerald lakes around us. So I'm always like, Nathan, like I need my hit of water, man. <laughs> and so we'll like go off on an adventure and find the, find the pretty water. Oh, I love it. Um, what is your favorite exercise or movement activity? Taking a deep breath. Yes. That is always such a good idea. Like there are studies that show that people who breathe like intentionally, they live longer. And so I think it's called THC, like total 
I forget, I forget what it's called, but I learned it from one of my breathwork girls, but like literally there is proof and science that shows that if you intentionally breathe, you live longer. And so a favorite exercise of mine is to literally just take a deep breath, like full body, let your stomach out. Yeah. Just take it in, man. It's uh, yeah. it's your life force. I love that. Like stretch your rib cage, like, uh, like give your organs some oxygen. Ooh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> what is something you're grateful for right now? My breath, my lungs, they never stop working. Never, ever do they, my heart, I, it never stops beating. And I am always, always grateful to my physical vessel because it's because of this physical vessel that I get to do this level of consciousness work and this level of healing. So every day I'm like, oh my God, I am, I am literally in a physical representation of a miracle. And I'm always grateful for just my breath and my lungs and you know, my heart, but never stops. It, it, it will never stop. And when it stops game over, <laughs> we move on to the next lifetime. <laughs> oh my God. I love that response so much. Um, what is a favorite mantra or affirmation that has helped you? I am safe. I am mm-hmm. safe. And I never, my anxiety used to always stem down to I'm not enough. Uh, but then 2020 hit and I was like, oh, what is this bullshit? <laughs> Why don't I feel safe in my body? What's going on here? It was totally new to me. Thank God I had the tools that I already had to lean on. And I did sign up for a couple of different programs that really helped me with somatic healing and understanding energy and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I am safe. This, this, like, no matter what happens, I'm safe yeah. because my success rate is hundred percent. Mm -hmm. It continues to be even in the hardest, hardest times when I am not in control and I feel scared and I don't know what's going to happen. Remembering that that safety is actually a feeling. (laughs) You can buy that feeling, you can inject that feeling, or you can think that feeling it's up to you. And so, especially over the last like two years, feeling safe in my business, feeling safe in my feelings, feeling safe in what's going on. I am safe, always continues to come back to me. Um, so yeah, I say it all the time. All I the time. love that. It feels very empowering. Just that short mantra. I love it. I actually started a mantra based off of one of your podcast episodes, the, the feminine one, like it's one of like one of the newer ones and you were talking about safety and feeling safe in your body. So every morning I've been journaling the safest place for me to be is in my body. And it has been a game changer. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel you on that. Look, if we were, if we were safer in a tree or in a paperclip, we would be in them. Like it's just, you know, it's actual insanity to think that you would not be the safest in your body. And I really want, you know, everyone to know that, especially right now. You are so like, you are so safe. You're so safe. And when you know it, you show it. Yeah. Oh, love it. Um, What is your definition of self-care? Being kind to yourself. I talk Mm -hmm. about that a lot. Just being really kind to yourself, Um, honoring yourself. And that sometimes can look like doing something that is only right for you and it doesn't serve anybody else. And I think a lot of women, especially parents, uh, struggle with that, uh, you know, 
when we talk about like judging people for having like really strong self-care habits and stuff like that, you know, 30% of my demographic is moms and, um, and that conversation, the guilt comes up a lot and it's just a learned behavior. And so just giving yourself permission to be kind to yourself, giving yourself permission to take care of yourself and honor yourself. If you need to sleep in that day, God damn it, find a way to make it possible. Sell something so that you can pay someone so that you know that next week you get to sleep in all week long or whatever that looks like for you because you deserve it. And I find that people who get really triggered by me saying that are the ones who need it the most or who would benefit from it the most. Yes. Um, so self-care really looks like honoring yourself and respecting yourself and being kind to yourself, treating yourself the way that you would like other people to treat you. Yeah. And typically we forget that last part because no one is monitoring what's going on in our head. We're just self-auditing. And like, how many times have you said something mean to yourself that you would never say to another human being, but because no one's monitoring your thoughts, you get away with it. Right. Like suck it up. You can push through this. Like you would never say that to your child or your best friend or. No, no, dude. No. <laughs> what is a random act of kindness that you have done or received? I love paying for people's groceries. When we go to the grocery store and there's like an old couple behind us and they're really just getting like milk or like eggs or chicken or whatever. Um, I love just being like, yo, just scoot it into mine. It's like five bucks. Let's go. Like, I just, I love doing that for old people. Um, and it just like, uh, it's, it's even better if you can do it in secret. There have been some times when I've been able to like donate money or, um, do something nice for somebody like, um, and to not be recognized for it, but you can still see it somehow on social media or if you're kind of in close proximity, but it's really fun to donate and to make people's day. And, uh, oh, that's what it was. We were donating money before we were evacuated <laughs> for the fires. Um, we had, uh, there were a lot of people that we knew were, were um, displaced from their home. And mm-hmm. so we went out and bought a whole bunch of like gas cards so that people could drive. Cause that's what they needed. Like they needed to either drive to a family member's house who was far away or whatever. And so we donated a whole bunch of gas cards and we gave it to the people. And then they literally turned around and gave it to the people who really needed it. And so we kind of got to see the reaction, but it was just, I love being able to do that. And it's another incredible reason why I'm so grateful for the wealth that I've been able to create is because it is fun to give. It is so much fun to give. So I like to do that. That's, that's a really big thing for me. Oh, oh, I'm so excited to hear your response for this one. What is something that you recently did that scared the shit out of you, but felt inspiring all at the same time? Well, you are the first to know this, but (laughs) we are transitioning my program from like a a live thing to like an online course that will forever live there. And you can join whenever you want, instead of it being kind of like a every four month kind of thing. So that scared me (laughs) because I only know what's worked incredibly well for the last two years. And so switching things in your business, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, can feel scary. Uh, but if I remember that I'm safe, if I remember that my intuition is never wrong, if I remember that showing up in, in the face of love is the best thing that I can do, mm. then it's not so scary. So oh. Before I was, before I was on this with you, I was like changing my sales website. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, that was scary. 
<laughs> so it'll be like recorded modules. It already is. Yeah, it already is. But now it's just going to be self-paced. You get the community, you still get the training videos, uh, but we're just not, um, it's not like we are pacing it for you anymore. It used to be like drip content and really, yeah. you know, really, really involved. But what I have found over the last, you know, couple of months, and maybe you've found this too, is that people just want to know what to do. Mm -hmm. And they want to know that they can ask you a question if need be. But for the most part, people are very self-led. Yes. And so just switching to that is going gonna, is gonna to be really beautiful because then we can help more people. Yeah, I love that. How exciting. Oh, I can't wait to hear how it goes. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, and then the last fleeting eight question, how do you practice slowing down? Mm, that is such a fucking good question, Tori. Oh, I love it. God, your questions are so good. First of all, I, I, I recognize the, the power of it. The feminine energy has been pushed down for so, so long. And she's really coming up in a big, powerful way right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the planet has switched from dominant masculine energy to dominant feminine energy and look at the destruction in, in and amongst the healing, you know, mm -hmm. um, full industries have gone down. Whatever's going on with the government is changing. Um, mm -hmm. you know, people aren't working their nine to fives anymore. And people are a lot spending a lot more time with themselves and their loved ones. And so they're a lot more connected with themselves in a way that they've never been. Mm -hmm. which hello is all feminine. And there's a reason we've been called to slow down in the last year and a half and it is to reevaluate. And so I see slowing down as such a, it's so important and it's so powerful. And so I'm very committed to the idea of slowing down. Um, mm -hmm. Hence why I'm changing things in my business as well is <laughs> yeah. just giving myself more space. Yeah. And so I'm very committed to it because I see the value in it. And for me, slowing down looks like setting alarms on my phone every hour to take a deep, deep breath. Like it's the nicest reminder on my phone at the top of every hour for my phone to go, Hey, loving moment. And for me to go, Oh my God, you're right. Oh God. Let me like, you know, stretch it. Let me, let me let my shoulders down. Let me relax, relax my jaw. Maybe my butt cheeks are even tense, you know, just yes. let me come back into my heart mm -hmm. and have that loving moment with myself and reset. So that's what slowing down looks like for me. And then, um, you know, really only having a small to-do list, like mm -hmm. maybe four things a day that I accomplish. Mm -hmm. And that's intentional because I can have a to-do list that's as long as my arm, mm -hmm. but really being focused on what's important now which is such a benefit of what we're going through you can be so focused right now like it's amazing yeah. so for me slowing down I practice that by taking deep breaths with myself and really not doing a lot during the day mm -hmm. um, so that when I do have a busy day I am energized and I feel good and I know that I've not gone so high paced like we used to be before 2020 mm -hmm. and um definitely bites me in the ass sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why, but it does. It's just a deeper lesson to slow down even more and really not over schedule myself. Right. But yeah. Having baths, man, like mm. actually having at the table and not having the TV on. 
like just having time with your partner to like literally just sit with each other and look at each other like that deep level of connection and slowing down has become really fun to me so that's how it shows up in my life Mm, I'm so zen now just hearing you talk about it (laughs) I'm like how am I gonna get any work done after this (laughs) Um, it's really funny because my glutes, my butt is so tense all the time and I have to actively like remind myself. So you saying that I'm like, okay, that's not just a Tory thing. (laughs) Yeah, Same. And actually one of my favorite books called you can heal your life by Louise. Hay. She talks about how different areas in the body are responsible for different energies and different lessons that you're supposed to learn. And so, um, the, the, butt is like the, the point of personal power. And so anytime I feel my butt cheeks being tense, I'm like, Oh, where am I giving away my power? <laughs> Stop yeah. it. You just blew my fucking mind. Holy shit. Wow. I think yeah. I need no journal after this. All right. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Cause I have a corporate job right now and the goal is to transition out, but I tense up when I'm doing my corporate work and that's my personal power. Oh my God, Emily. Okay. Um, and I had one follow-up question regarding slowing down. Have you always given yourself the permission to slow down? Have you always like valued that? Absolutely not. I was not raised that way. Um, it has been a huge, it still continues to be a huge part of my healing journey to slow down. Like I've got my spiritual mentors going, yo, take a day off. Yo, you like need to slow down. Otherwise you can't continue to do this work, which is why you're fucking here. So like slow down, like, and every time I think I'm going slow enough, Mm -hmm. I get this feeling like, or I get a sign that's like, slow down even more. And I'm like, bitch, what? Come on. Like, I'm trying. (laughs) but I will, I'll get that. I'll get something will go wrong or I'll get a physical ailment or, um, yeah, just like your body will always tell you when you're not honoring it. And, uh, so I'm still in the process of learning how to work slower and to spend more time in love instead of in fear. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a work in progress as we all are like, this won't be done until we die. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Do you mind if I ask you one more follow-up regarding slowing down? Yeah, I, I took the whole hour off for you, girl. Just okay. fucking let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, some people, when they hear feminine, masculine, they think like male, female. Can, do you mind just defining each term in your opinion? Yeah. Yeah. So it's understandable that we would think that it is like, um, connected to our sexual orientation, mm-hmm. uh, or how we identify. Mm-hmm. So actually everything on the planet is either feminine or masculine energy, like where you live, the language you speak, what food you're eating, uh, how you're feeling. And so everything comes down to energy and everything comes down to feminine and masculine energy. And so, um, there's, there's human beings have both inside of them. So it doesn't matter if you identify as a male or as a female, you're going to have feminine and masculine energy inside of you mm-hmm. where you really start to gain your powers when you identify what your core essence is. So some men might identify as having a core essence of feminine energy, vice versa. Some women might identify as having a core mass masculine energy. And 
the way that you can best describe it and understand it for yourself is like, if you love being in the woods and you feel so at peace there and you could live there forever, that's dominant masculine energy because it never moves. But if you, yeah, that's you. Okay, we should switch spots then. (laughs) Um, But if you identify as um, core essence, like feminine energy, you're going to be so at peace by the water because the water moves and feminine energy is always moving. So no matter what, you're going to have both inside of you. It's just understanding which one guides you and which one feels best to you. So I know that I feel best in my divine feminine energy, but I got a kick-ass masculine drive. And I think that's what allows me to do a lot of the work that I do. Um, and so, uh, you know, when, when we are spending more time in our feminine energy, we're creating, um, it doesn't matter if you're creating a business or if you're, if you've created a child, Oh, there's my dog, my child, uh, <laughs> or if you're creating art or if you're singing or you're dancing or whatever, the feminine energy is ever moving and changing. And, uh, she's not really tied down. She's just here. She's very attached to the intuition. Intuition doesn't give a shit about the outcome. The intuition is just like, this is where we're going. This is what we signed up for. Let's go. Let's have fun. It'll be great. Whereas the masculine energy is very driven, go, 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 gets shit done, mm-hmm. um, is very attached to the outcome. And it's super important that you know your essence so that you can build a life around the proper energy for you. Because if you are core essence feminine and you're working in a very masculine energy dominant uh, workforce, say you work nine to five, which mm-hmm. by the way was entirely created by the masculine energy mm-hmm. um uh then it, it's gonna feel really draining you're gonna hate it yeah. but if you are core essence masculine and you love construction and you're fucking rocking 14 hour days you're gonna feel good whereas if that were me i'd be like i'm done after 20 minutes because i don't like this physical labor shit I want to go meditate, man. I want to go like sing, like, you know, (laughs) so it's really, really powerful to know that resting is in your feminine energy and resting is, you know, maybe more of a dominant trait for you. And that's, Mm -hmm. you should never feel bad about that either way, either way. Yeah. I definitely think my core is masculine, but that side of me feels so soothed when I honor my feminine, like they need each other. And I'm re I'm starting to learn that. It's true. It's true. There's, there's balance. You can always find balance. Even like my, my husband is like core essence, masculine can pump out a 14 hour day. No problem. (laughs) But there's still times when he was and when he's like, I'm fucking tired or I need a beer. Beer is feminine, by the way, (laughs) you know, just to be able to balance out that energy. Or someone who wants more energy and, you know, does cocaine, like cocaine is masculine energy. Right. So it's understanding your, your, how you self-soothe. Oh, yeah. oh, I love that. I'm glad I asked you that because you, you described that in a really different way than I've heard it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I just want to give you the next few minutes to share how others can connect with you and what's coming up in your world. If anyone wanted to work with you or listen to your podcast, tell us all the, all the juicy details. Thank you. The best place for you to find me is Instagram. It's just love your anxiety. Um, my podcast is called love your anxiety. We're coming out with a YouTube channel. That's going to be called love your anxiety. Ah. And 
Yeah. And like I just mentioned earlier, um, we have transitioned my program Anxiety Academy into an online course where you, of course, get the curated information that you need that's been proven to heal your anxiety the way that I did. And then also the benefit of having like a really tight knit community so that if you are watching a training video or, you know, you're trying to embody the work and something's not connecting with you, you can always come in and ask for help from me or my team. Um, So, yeah, that's That's kind of where you can find us. Yeah. And everyone, please go listen to the podcast. At least listen to the podcast. It's so fun. When I first started listening, the intro song, I was like, at first I'm like crying and like, oh, anxiety is ruining my life. And then like at episode 10, I made a deal with myself and I'm like, Tori, you have to dance no matter how you're feeling. You have to dance to the music. And it, it really, it was so awesome. So definitely highly recommend everyone, please connect with Emily let her know what resonated from this episode. Um, and just thank you so much for your time, Emily. Is there anything else, like any final words that you want to leave the listeners with? Mm, well, thank you for having me on. It's been so much fun. My cheeks actually hurt like so much because I've been smiling this whole time. <laughs> if there's anything that I can impart, impart on you as you leave this container is that you are exactly where you need to be and you are so safe and anything that is coming up for you is purely there for your highest good and when you switch your perception from fear to love the suffering almost leaves you immediately and what a beautiful energy you will carry forward into your own self into your own life into your family into wherever you work um you know you are a miracle and we are so grateful that you're here. And so I'm just sending you so much love, but you're exactly, we are exactly where we need to be right now and everything's going to be okay. Mm, Wow. I feel so like anchored from that. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Tori. Oh man. This is so much fun, dude. So much fun. (laughs) We did it. Thank you. (laughs) I didn't even cry. Only one, only one dog bark. That's, that's a record for me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Oh, I will now. Thank you, sister. And you'll let me know when this goes live so that I can pump it out on my stuff too and all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I'll let you know. Awesome, sister. This is so much fun. I love you so much. You too. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Have a beautiful night. Bye, babe. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I would absolutely love to know what resonated with you. Um, Give me a shout out on Instagram or DM me. My handle is T-O-R-E-Y dot Hill. It's my name, Tori dot Hill. And hearing from all of you literally lights me up. It makes my day. And it really gives me amazing insight on where to take the next podcast episode. So if you want to contribute and help design this podcast, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, I'd really, truly love to hear from you. And if this podcast episode made you think of someone in your life, please share it with them. Expanding this community will make this world a bit more magical and your help in doing so will literally make all of the difference. And lastly, make sure to follow this podcast so you can catch the next episode. I'll see you there.